we had to stop, take a break, and hug each other. Well, and we started crying. We're like, this is hard. <laughs> there were times where both of us would be out, like after paying everything, we'd have like 50 cents. Like sharing meals together? Yeah, we literally would go to places and share meals together. Mm. This is um such a ripoff from Casey Neistat, but uh, <laughs> he said, go wash dishes. Like go work at a place that you hate. Because that's when you figure out like what um what you actually want to do. Because you're stuck there every day, nine to five or whatever the hours are like, yeah. doing something you hate and like, I want to get out. Yeah. And that's when you start thinking. I still, I still relate to that. Hi guys, welcome back to the Unemployed Graduate. I'm your host, Jenny. In today's episode, I have not one, but two special guests with me. They are young entrepreneurs, now practicing experts in photography and videography, as well as a power couple running two well-established businesses. And one thing I aspire to in life so much is to run a business with my partner. And seeing as these two guests have not only been in a long-term relationship, but are doing what I dream of doing with each other, I had to bring them on and learn from them. So please welcome to the show, Simon Huen and Paulina Shriki. Shriki. Paulina Shriki from One Way Studios slash One Way Weddings and Creative Cake. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited. And sorry for butchering your last <laughs> No, I, butch- I, I think I butchered it as well. I don't how do you butcher it? Because I, I was just told that's how it's pronounced, but then I don't it's know. It's your name, but... I don't know. I'm, I'm not Thai. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure there's an actual proper way to pronounce it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Paulina was just telling me about how she's actually Chinese, yeah. but then her last name is Thai. Yeah, because my dad was born in Thailand. Yeah. He had a Chinese last name that was translated into Thai. Um, but his mum is really Thai, so I guess I'm quarter Thai. I think that's what puts a lot of people off when they meet you and they see your last name. Like, yeah. what are you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, when I read it, I was like, shoot, oh, God, last bit Um, So I um, would love if you guys would just simply introduce yourselves. Yeah, yeah. all right. So I'm Simon, I'm a filmmaker, and I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, how old am I? Oh, right, okay. Um. Uh, this year I am 25. No, this year I'm 26. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Paulina. I am, um, yeah, I'm Chinese, Kota Thai. I just turned 24. Yay! And um, it's all downhill from you. Just wanted to quickly start off with like a maybe random question. If you had an endless supply of one food, what would it be? It would be chicken. Chicken? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, does that mean um, all the other food is gone? Uh, yes. Oh. You can really eat like one food, you have an endless supply of it, it's only one. Can we share? Are we on this yeah, island no, 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 together? No, no, no. Oh, because oh, I was going to say, I, I like variety, so maybe chicken, because you can do a lot with chicken. But chicken. if Simon is willing to share with me, I'll maybe go for some sort of fruit. Yeah, maybe you won't share. Can't share. Okay, so I'll just have one. chicken. Chicken it is. Chicken is one. Yeah. You have double chicken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's ramen. Oh. You can pick a dish. Oh, wow. You don't have to pick an ingredient. That's it. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe. Mm. <laughs> you know, maratong. Nah, that's oh, yeah, too... Oh, Yes. That's so oily, but... Damn, yes. Isn't it? I was thinking pizza on point, but I just imagined how fat we get. Uh, pizza was my first choice, and then I realized how much I hate it after I eat it. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Chicken's probably kind of safe. Yeah, I think chicken. Ramen was a 
Please, someone. Mine's yeah, pretty yeah, cool. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So this is a question I kind of ask all my guests mm. when they start, um, and that is, what did six-year-old Simon and six-year-old Paulina want to be when they grew up? Um, six-year-old Simon watched a lot of Jackie Chan movies, so he wanted to be a, an undercover cop. Oh. But when I told my mom and dad, they're like, it's not real. Yeah. It's not as cool as they make it like, yeah, look, yeah. yeah, what do you want? I mean, what well, do you want to be? Six-year-old Paulina was exposed to a lot of Chinese dramas. And basically, I wanted to be a bunch of things. I think from the ages between... Oh, ages between four and eight, my mom would help me do my prayers, right? Yeah. So every time I pray, pray, you wish for something. Yeah. And she'd ask me to repeat after her saying, you know, dear great grandma, please guide me to becoming a doctor when I'm older. Oh my God. It's so simple. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> and take care of my mom. And I had to say everything like yeah. that. Um, real world Paulina really looked up to her parents. And so she wanted to be a business owner slash corporate gun. Because uh, at that time... Or this is six years old. I didn't even know what. <laughs> I think if people don't know Paulina, it sounds crazy. Sounds but when you yeah. know when you know her, it's oh, because of the, my parents or like the TV shows you watched. No, this is oh. mainly because of my parents. Um, but because to me, they were always just running around. Like I was yeah. fortunate enough to have um, a big family and yeah. my aunties taking care of me. But my parents actually ran around a lot, and I just felt like what they were doing was so cool. Mm-hmm. And they got to travel. They're working. Like on an adventure. Yeah, I felt like they worked together really well and they achieved everything they wanted. So Mm. that's what I wanted to be. Um, And all businesses look pretty corporate, so that's why I'm saying corporate gun. Yeah. But secretly, I actually wanted to be Monkey King from Journey to the West. Um, (laughs) Because till this day, I still love the idea of magic and how he was able to help a lot of people, whoever he wanted, because of how powerful he was. Um, And I actually fell down the stairs attempting to fly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, if you were my daughter, obviously. <laughs> 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 well. No, I, I have like those marble steps, right? So they're not safe at all. Like not carpet steps, marble steps. Oh, marble so steps. it hurts. And then I was just standing at the top of my steps and I was closing oh, my eyes. Oh, what about the cloud? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I took a step forward. That's it. And that was the end of it before she wrote. Yeah, if you go to a house now and you look at the steps, it's it's steep. Like Yeah, and I looks like it's hurt. Huh? I fit right on the steps, so I was tiny. Mm. Yeah. But I was thinking if monkey magic is real and there is some sort of god out there, he will allow me to fly. There was no god out there. (laughs) 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 Well it wasn't hurt. It's like maybe he didn't hear me. (laughs) That's right. Kind of like two extremes, you monkey and then being like corporate. Mm. So I have um I think that kind of shows you what Simon said about me being a big kid deep down. Yeah, she has two sides, like a very serious business savvy Paulina. Yeah, it's important to have those two sides. And then time zone Paulina. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important not to lose sight of, um, you know, being free like a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like creative creativity starts from that yeah, as a kid mm-hmm. at heart as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like for me, I watch a lot of Chinese dramas as well, and they depicted this like office life and like going to this big building to mm-hmm. work as really ideal. Mm-hmm. And I kind of looked up to that. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to a big company. Yeah, that's like a big company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah. and so I can kind of relate to it. Yes. Yeah. That getting influenced by those yeah. dramas. So let's go back in time before mm-hmm. One Way Studios and before Creative Cave. What were you guys doing before these two businesses? 
Uh, so I was um I was studying at uni and I was teaching parkour, um and I wasn't sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like jumping oh, off buildings so and stuff. <laughs> it, it hurts my knees. <laughs> but um yeah, I wasn't sure what I want to do, but I just knew eventually I would um do something in business. Mm. And yeah, that was what I was doing at the time. At the time, I was working in banking and studying at the same time, but I always felt like it was a temporary job because I knew at the end of the day I wanted to do my own thing. Basically, I went into corporate thinking, you know, there's a lot to learn out there before starting my own business. Yeah. I also had the idea of wanting to save up enough capital to start my own business. Wow. I didn't really want to jump the gun and possibly get into a lot of debt. Yeah. And just be naive about um, opening a business and it's never just all sunshine and rainbows and I guess because of my family I was more cautious about it and so I wanted to I really did want to go into corporate and so I also did see myself practicing as a lawyer for a portion of my life Um, what did you study in um, university I was studying commerce and media but that's what I do yeah but then when I did commerce I I felt like it was really helpful, mm-hmm. but when I actually got to work in it and shadowed a couple of people, yeah. I thought I wanted to do finance, yeah. but I didn't love it. And mm-hmm. I couldn't see myself even doing it as you know, a part of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt like I was constantly going to be working with numbers. I didn't yeah. get a lot of interaction with people. Yeah, yeah. I just died. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was imagining myself being alone for a portion of my life. Yeah. I knew it would be leading towards working on my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so I dropped conference altogether. I graduated quickly with the goal of just finishing off one bachelor and yes. then just doing a postgrad law degree. Yeah. So right now I'm doing a law degree. Wow. So She's managing so much. Yeah. That's yeah. Insane. It gets really hectic yeah. when she have um, when she has exams. Yeah. And my stubborn ass um, doesn't want to go part time uni. So I always expect that all that you would be the lawyer now that you have these two amazing businesses. Yeah. But that's so cool to hear. I feel like I don't know how she does it. It's. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it, there's always a lot to learn out in this world. Mm. I guess I don't want to lose the feeling that there is more to learn. Mm. And if I'm doing this that. and there's a challenge, I want to do it. Mm. I love that. Because I, I, I've dropped out before. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've dropped out. 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 I've dropped not, Maybe it just wasn't my thing. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, yeah, I dropped it after one semester and I had yeah. to do comedy mm. But that's really interesting that you're doing postgrad and running two businesses and mm. <laughs> do you actually see yourself at the end of the day being a lawyer or um, doing I do at the same time? I do, but I think I, I kind of like to overwhelm myself. <laughs> I like high stress, so I can see my husband. She gets because like the thing is, she gets very, she gets bored very, very easily. So she moves on quite quickly. It's like, all right, I'm tired of this. I want to move on to the next thing. Yeah. And then so I think Law would probably keep her there for a while, and then she'll get bored. And then oh yeah, yeah. Things that are yeah. To show that you can manage this, like I wouldn't, like a normal person wouldn't be able to juggle. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it. High stress. Yeah, I don't think anyone can manage this stuff. (laughs) But I think it. You have to balance it with, you know, looking after your mom as well, mm-hmm. which I'm compromising and I have to learn to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a few friends who are doing it so much better than we are. So I have a lot of people to learn from, which is good. Oh, health-wise? examples to refer to, like Sean, for example. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like sleeping on time. <laughs> Just sleeping on time. That's already a struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and what about you, Simon? What did you do in life? Oh, I was doing um, what was I doing? Years ago, business, right? He did psychology first and then he hated it. I love how she knows. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) she knows. I have like a goldfish. Is it goldfish? Goldfish. Goldfish. Yeah. Yeah. So he did psychology first and then he thought, you know, I am actually more interested in business now that I'm doing the whole one way thing and there's Mm. more to it than Mm. just being creative. Mm. And so he went into a business degree. Kind of felt like it was useful, but didn't love it. Yeah. I think the only useful thing was accounting because then it's like, oh my God, this makes sense. Like <laughs> this, this stuff balances it. Uh, like, um, that was uh, probably yeah, the only thing that was useful. The most useless one was marketing. It was like going off like old textbooks and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the world's like changing. What, what did you, what, what was the breakthrough epiphany that accounting oh. gave you? I think because um, because when when, it, when I'm right, I when it adds up, like I know I'm right. So there's no there's no wrong answer because the numbers add up, and I'm like, okay, yeah. that's the um like satisfaction I have. Yeah. Like after I get everything right, and I think Paulina, she knew she, I I didn't want to do uni, and I kept going in and out. So she said, look, just do your do your thing, um, just go drop uni and uh, for six months see how you go. If you you find something better, then just continue doing that. If you see like you want to go back to uni then go back to uni so I was like oh thank you so much because I think everyone was pushing me like my mom was pushing me she was pushing me to go like stay in uni even her mom was pushing me and then she got to a point where it's like I think you just need to do your yeah completely commit to something that's not uni related and see how you feel I think Simon really really embodied all the struggle that an Asian kid would have because yeah I've the typical struggle is you know parents forcing me to go to uni we actually um, I was, uh, I guess, quite conservative in that sense that I felt like having an education was good. Mm-hmm. Not so much because of this whole traditional idea of getting an education, but I just felt like there was more to learn. So yeah. that's just my mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like at that time when he was doing parkour and he was just doing odd gigs, I didn't feel like he just knew what he was going to do. So mm-hmm. I didn't want him to lose a chance of maybe finding interest in studying business, mm-hmm. you know. I was hoping to leave options open for him. Yeah. So we had so many arguments about whether or not he should stay in uni. Yeah. Mm, and eventually mm. I was just thinking, you know what, as a girlfriend, I'm not his mother. Even if I was his mother, yeah. I can't really control somebody's life. Yeah. Mm. And at the end of the day, you don't want someone to have built up resentment over you stopping them from pursuing what they want to pursue. And if that at that time meant doing parkour, being a parkour instructor yeah. and becoming a stuntsman and that's what he loves and that's what he loves, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uni's not his thing and if yeah. he's going to be a stuntsman, this is, course isn't really going to help him. Mm. And yeah. I, I even got, when I told my mom, she was, she was so supportive, right, because I was going uni, once, it's so cool. And then once I told her, hey, mom, I, I dropped out because I thought she was so cool. She flipped <laughs> She kicked me out of the house. She threw all my she shoes. Yeah, she actually kicked me out. Threw all my shoes um, on, like on the street and everything. And everything Paulina uh, just said, uh, she had to kind of explain to my mom like, you gotta let him do, like, mm-hmm. gotta let him try this, blah blah. blah. Um, and yeah, at the time I was looking into doing stunts, and it was the times when I got injured. That's when you really think like, do I really want to do this? Because if I if I'm injured, I can't work. If I can't work, I can't pay bills. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, and it was also the people around me. I was like, they're not going to take care of me. <laughs> had to, we had a deep talk about it. And I said, Simon, it's okay. If this is something you're really passionate about, if you break a leg, I will feed you. <laughs> yeah. She's saying stuff like, you know, if you're homeless, I'll be homeless with you. And then she's like, fuck that. I'm going to work extra hard so we get off the streets. <laughs> yeah. 
she just she goes all emotional and then she, and then her logic kicks in and it's like I, think I was in high school like maybe year nine I was thinking you know this fluffy idea of you know wherever you go I'll go but then once year ten hit and we had this conversation about him graduating or whatever I was like you know fuck that like, we're getting you off the streets <laughs> so I can like three or four times it's hard to make sure we have a home hmm. yeah. And, and during that time, were you guys already well into your relationship? Or? How long? Yeah, it's been. It was a couple of years, right? A couple like of years. We dated in two thousand and nine. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uni getting kicked out. I think that was probably 11, 2011, You reckon? Uh, two thousand and yeah, two thousand eleven. I I don't know when I was kicked out. <laughs> signing didn't actually. No. Nope. No. And do you regret? That? I actually didn't even sign out or anything. I just left. Oh, I just, yeah. You didn't even tell them whether you were there. <laughs> he just left. I don't know what you're meant to do. I just yeah. stop going. I'm sure they don't mind. Um, but do you ever think back and make uh, a decision? No, I don't because I I feel like you learn so much um, actually doing it and learning from other people. And like I said, the only thing that I found that was so practical was um, accounting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everything else, I don't know. Maybe I didn't dive deep enough, but... I, 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 in like one year, you just learn so much how to run um like a small business. Maybe the, in uni they teach you how to run like bigger businesses. I'm not yeah. too sure. I haven't dived yeah. that deep. Like they teach you theories mm. in the textbooks about how to manage, yeah. manage you know, I don't know, case. You could show you case studies, but mm. I'd say you would never learn half as much or even fashion as mm. much as actually doing it yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's really amazing that you were so supportive during that time, even though you <laughs> had that, oh, yeah. <laughs> that like, Asian mom slash girlfriend, like I need to make sure this mentality, which yeah. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. You feel like, like they don't know what they're doing, and they're not me. It's like just let him do it, and then he'll come back. If, yeah, like yeah. worst case scenario. Must have been so hard with your parents. So did they actually kick you out as in like go live by yourself? Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I luckily I had a friend that was oh, it was so bad. It was like I was wearing the same underwear for like seven days. Oh it was so God. bad. And I'll have to sneak back home. And at the time her mom didn't like me, so I couldn't go to your house. Yeah, because he she felt that um Simon was getting in the way of my academics. Yeah. And um she she just didn't feel like Simon was on the same page as me in terms of goals. That would have been, like, to hear you say that shows even more how valuable your support is because in the back of my, your mind, you would have known that now that he's actually dropped out, what yeah. are my parents going to think? Um, that was one thing, but I think that left my brain pretty quickly only because at that time, well, I'm generally pretty stubborn. Yeah. So I told my mum, you know, regardless of what Simon does, I'm dating him for his person. I'm not dating him for his career prospect. She kept saying, um, you know, what it, what's his future going to be like if he's just doing parkour? Yeah. You're going to end up having to, like, um, feed the starving artist. You know, and I said, yeah. you just have to. Like, you're, you're the husband that yeah. works, and I'll be the wife that just does, does her, yeah. like, yeah. random and, business. And in Asian mom mentality, it's like, that's so your daughter. Yeah. Mm. You're the girl. You mm. should be the husband that's taking care exactly. of you. Like, what? What are you doing? Like, yeah, you gotta find a man that can take care of you. Yeah. So, mm. But I was just to... going against. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> but she it's like a transition period. Why, she did understand why because I come from a single parent family, mm-hmm. and most of the women in my family do a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. And um, work, I mean, business wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of used to seeing that. So I never really had the idea that my husband would take care of me. Mm-hmm. 
I just felt like equality was really important. Obviously, I'm not going to say, hey, Simon, you know what? Just keep back. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to do anything. Oh, really? Kind of, Damn. Kind of. I, I kind of took it overboard. I did do that for, <laughs> for a good while. Um, but Simon was like, you need to let me look after you as well. So kind of stepped back. Um, and Yeah, I think you're full embracing the whole, I'm I'm the man. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It was... I was like, hey, 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 like, come on, like, give me a turn every now and then. <laughs> oh, and your English essays? Oh my God, she used to write, um, she used to write, the, oh, okay, so long story short, she uh, wrote one creative writing um, for my, I was in year 10 or year 12? I was in year 10, you were in year 12. So year 12, um, HSE. And it got the top marks. So I'm like, this E10 girl, freaking top the E12 class. Wow. And then I'm like, hey, um, uh, do you think you can write some more? <laughs> <laughs> Ended up doing really well in wow. English. <laughs> so I eventually read all of his E12 essays and uh, E12 novels in E10. And then I did his essays for him and he basically just memorized it. He's really good with memorizing. And you're really good with writing. <laughs> but and what I sucks was... I barely yeah. going to school. My attendance was 30%. And everyone thought like, oh my God, what is she doing? She must be out just, you know, chilling with friends and partying. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm doing essays. You were in year 10 at the time. And who was in year 12? Yeah. Yeah. Going to HSC. Yeah. You were practically doing your HSC. Yeah, she's practically doing her HSC. Right. By the time it was my HSC, she I got was drained. so over it. That's why my mom, because my mom saw that happening. That's why she felt that mm. I would always be doing that. Mm. Yeah. And how's her attitude and your parents' attitude towards you guys now? I moved out when I was 21, 26, no, 25 now. Yeah, four years. Mm-hmm. So it's been all right. Yeah. Because I can imagine if telling an Asian parent, like, I'm going to do alcohol. And then um, did you have to later on tell her that, you know, you're going to start doing this photography? I think I, had, I just had to explain, oh, if, if anyone is listening and they're like a bit worried about um, how this is going to work. I think what helps is explain to your parents how your business works and where the money comes through mm-hmm. and how it operates. And, and um, well, basically she calmed down a lot when uh, I told her that I'm not doing most of the work I used to do anymore. Mm-hmm. It's um, other people that are doing it now. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, these are the ways we get referrals. These are the ways yeah. where business comes through. She's like, oh, so that's how it works. Because yeah. they're very old school. They don't, yeah. they, you know, you just work at a job. They pay you a, a check. Yeah. You she doesn't know. Change your time for money. Yeah. yeah. She, now mm-hmm. you're, you have a team. And yeah. People working for you. She just, I think parents just need to know um, how it works. Yeah. And then once it makes sense to them, they're like, oh, that seems so easy. Why don't we do it? <laughs> it's really just having the patience to explain to them. I know language barrier is a big deal, yeah. but if you have the patience to explain to them and just give them a chance to understand, yeah, mm. they're human too. But mm. I think also a huge part of that is um, actually showing the results. Yeah, yeah they, for sure. At the end of the day, they just want to know that you're being fed, you have mm. a roof over your head and you're being looked after. Yeah. And this idea of like taking photos, like, and then like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like, oh, it's unstable and you're going to starve. Mm-hmm. It just panic and I think once you have the patience and sort of resilience and just stick it through and show them results, mm-hmm. that's when they will truly come around. Yeah. So, that's why he moved out. <laughs> 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 Uh, from 2012 to 2014, one way studio is through so much and 
you actually moved out of your and job to come and help. Um, what do you think was sort of the biggest factor to growing both of your businesses essentially? Oh, okay. Um, was I think no. It was more. Um, it's more word of mouth. Um, meeting people face to face. So at the time, I was working um, as a nightclub videographer, and I met a lot of random people, like so many random people. But eventually, uh, at the t- same same company. So FBM is run by Urban Agent, and at the time, they used to run heaps of um Asian nightclubs. Yeah. And so yeah, that's where I started, and then I met different people. You see the same people all the time. I, I forget their names. Like honestly, you see the same faces. Like hey, hey, but you don't know who they are. You have their number and. Um, yeah, so just getting your, your name out there and, um, everyone's just looking for videographers. So they keep seeing you every week. It's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should talk to the guy. And when Paulina jumped on board, what helped the most was, um, when she was doing the tax, she's like, Hey, Simon, uh, how much do you charge? I'm like, Oh, I charge this much. And then she said, Okay. Cause you gave everyone mates rates. 17%. Oh. And I'm like, Really? No way. But you didn't know. I, did, I, I didn't know because, um, you know, when you're thinking, I'll do it for this much. It's a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So you don't really notice that you're cutting so much out of it until you actually look at the numbers. You're like, oh my God, I can, I could have been earning so much more. And then she said, we're going to fix this up. So, um, when she came on board, it was a lot more strict on, it's just having like a second opinion, like being more strict on, on your prices, being firm. And every year after that, we started doubling because she's, she organized everything so well, packaged it all. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. What else was there? Oh, and the other thing is um, not being afraid to take deposits for your booking. Oh, that was a big one because we we spend um we spent so much time talking to all these different people and they'll just ghost us yeah. or like if we tell them the idea or like a bit about idea but we don't tell them the full thing yeah. they'll just take that and run. Yeah. But once they pay the fifty percent deposit, um, that's when we're like, all right, now we we're, we're able to take a bit of time to spend on you because we know that you're serious. You're gonna take mm-hmm. it to the um the full thing. They help so much, and that's when we stop living from paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you. Um, I'm guessing you wouldn't have to be chasing invoices all the time? No, no. no. So the other half, oh, you want to go? No, no, no. So the first thing is 50% deposits. And then next thing you want to do is once you finish the video, put a watermark over it and make us uh, and upload two links. One that's unwatermarked, one that's watermarked. Send them the one that's watermarked. And then they all say, I need it urgently. I need it. whatever the excuse is. They'll always, okay. yeah. So it's like, yeah, sure thing. That's great. Like we have one ready for you. We'll send you over the link. Just send over the, the print screen of the receipt and you have it. So always have that ready. Um, because yeah, once you send the video without watermark, they'll, it'll take them a week or two or maybe a month to get back to you. You can do the same thing with photo too. I guess it's just, it was all part of learning. It's like mm. a 7% opacity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very light. Had to take a couple of months to understand how video clients work as well and yeah. how they think. Mm. Sorry, how they think. And, Think about doing these things because back then we didn't have as many resources to see what other videographers are doing. Yeah, no one was doing courses or anything about it, to, so yeah. we had to learn so as we had go. To think about you know how do you make people pay on time and not slake on you? Yeah. yeah, but in the nicest, most professional way. Yeah. So it's like we understand you need it. Awesome, like we we're gonna take care of you. Just need to take and care you of you. Figure that out on yourself. Yeah, mm. yeah. It, it's because we were so frustrated with people not paying us. We just yeah. That happens a lot. Isn't yeah. Like, like, Freelance work, yeah. and just people mm. doing uh, creative work. Yeah. In general. Initially, it was 30%, and we're like, screw it, let's just do 50. Mm-hmm. If they're serious, then. Mm-hmm. A lot of serious. people had complaints in the beginning saying, you know, how come other studios are taking 30%? And we say, you know, that's their policy, but this is ours. And you just have to kind of stand your ground with that. Yeah. 
And so you actually transitioning from this corporate environment now to this starting a business with, with Simon and taking on photography and all that. What was that whole transition like? Um, I was actually very reluctant to partner on with Simon. I was happy to help him as a girlfriend and there wasn't really a limit to the work I was doing. Yeah. But partnering on officially was yeah. a big deal for me because I felt like once I commit to that, I commit everything to that and I'm a very dedicated I become a workaholic basically. She's yeah. So I knew if it became official, I would eventually be working myself crazy and at that time I didn't quit the bank job yet oh, and I'm um, still balancing that yeah so it'd be bank job studio and full-time studying it was, it was crazy and um and even before that from day one she was already helping and she was already like taking care of like hey you should you should say this to the client or like whatever yeah. so she's yeah she's there from day one and that's when i'm like hey you're basically like yeah. doing half of the job I didn't just want- come on officially yeah I guess I didn't want my life to be immersed too much too deep. Years, mm-hmm. because I also didn't want to lose myself. And that's very important because now we're realizing like, okay, cool, we have um, these two businesses together, but she does, still does want something on her own. Yeah. And I've always wanted my own business. Um, even before starting Cave, like the bulk of money we had, we were actually going to go separate ways to do our mm-hmm. own thing. And then this happened. Oh, yeah, this was so random. <laughs> so, so Creative Cave, it's your baby. Oh, it's both about. Mm. But basically, um, we saved up enough to have our own businesses. Yeah, yeah. And then we just put it all into this after mm. an overnight decision. So your original plan was to go to Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then we did the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So this video and photo was not my passion to begin with. Mm. So I didn't want to lose myself into fulfilling somebody else's dream. Mm. Um, I feel like being a good partner, that's a big part of being a good partner. If you can't stand on your own two feet, you can't help somebody else stand. Mm. I feel like you're all very grounded and very in tune with what you want, which I hope so. You are. <laughs> yeah. All you to have. I think a lot of youth, they, they don't really know what they want. And in that situation, mm. they feel like, oh, God can just lean on each other. Mm. For you to be like, hey, let's not forget about me and what I want is... Um, keep self-reflecting and that's really awesome. I guess it's... What's the secret? My initial reaction was let's not put all our eggs into one basket. Mm-hmm. So I felt like with businesses there is so much turbulence and so you can't rely on a business to be stable forever. There will be changes, especially for video landscape. It's constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we had no idea where video was going. Mm-hmm. There was no way that I felt like if we were going to, you know, have a very long-term relationship, marriage was kind of out of the picture. But if it was in the picture, yeah. how are we going to support our family with so much instability? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like if Simon one day doesn't do well, I want to at least be able to be like, okay, yeah, I've got your back. Like, you don't have to worry. It's okay. We can start again. Like Constantly thinking about the plan B. <laughs> I, I don't, I've never been, and I don't think I ever will be someone who feels like your business is your life. It's, mm. it's never too late to stand up and start again. Oh. That's amazing. How did you guys decide eventually to let's still put it back to the marriage and creative cake? Oh, it happened over... Oh, okay. It's just out of excitement. Yeah. It happened overnight. So... Okay, do you want me to say it? Okay, okay so I'll, at the time I was teaching at this warehouse. Uh, not name it? Oh, okay, just I teach it. No, do it? Okay, so I was teaching at um, Invincible. Like I was okay. renting their space. Yeah. But um, I wasn't happy with the space. So 
because we've been there for a while and then there's some issues. So we started looking for other spaces. So looking at community halls and all that stuff to teach um, parkour. But um, teaching parkour wasn't my business. It was actually uh, my team leader's business. And well, then I was like, why are you spending so much money, um, you know, renting a place to um, like, yes, the, the team leader should be paying for the rent. I'm like, you know what? You know what? You're right. Like we we have our own business. We have one way. Why don't we? I think it's time for us to find an office for um our video business. So we started hunting. And yeah. The go. only reason why we were able to put so much money into it was because Simon loves teaching. I reckon that's his actual passion. I love teaching. Yeah. And I was actually meant to stop a year a year before that, but I felt I felt terrible if I stop teaching. The kids don't have anywhere to go. Mm. They're just gonna completely stop. Mm. And yeah, and then once I once I stopped teaching, they actually stopped. So we found uh, found this place, mm-hmm. and initially we wanted to find. Oh, we came here for one room, and when we came in here, we're like, this place is massive, mm-hmm. and the windows like natural lighting was so nice. so nice, and we're like, oh, all the possibilities. <laughs> and then it started as a joke with um, me and Paulina were like, hey, um, you know, like what if we get the whole space? Yeah. And then she didn't really smile or laugh. I just well. You said, um, you know, we what if we get the whole thing? As a joke. There's so many rooms available. And I actually messaged him saying, how much is that for the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. And then on the ride home, we were just silent. And I was thinking about the possibilities, like having this change, that change. We're joking about it. And then when we um, stopped the car, we're like, hey, are you really considering getting the whole space? And she's like, it's so stupid, but it feels... I don't know, it feels right. It was stupid because we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. There was yeah. No we just felt it. like, oh my God, this is an awesome space. I still remember the image of you sitting half naked in the toilet. Half naked in the toilet? Yeah, you were. So topless, on the toilet, pants halfway on. And I was thinking. And, and the bad part was he was trying to talk to me and I'm just like, Simon, I can't. Like, you're taking crap. I can't stand out here. Talk to me afterwards. I was in deep thought. Such deep concentration. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh, bro, like, how about you do your shit and I'll think about it and we come back into it. He's like, no, I have to talk about it right now. Mm. But what happened after was, um, we came, was it the next day? Um, yeah. That's so oh, stupid. No, that day, we'll him. I called the guy again. He said, look, it's going to be this much for the whole space. Um, we're happy to include this, this, this. And I said, okay, as long as it's in, in written it was very quick we came the next day to have a look at the contract um he emailed it to us but we need to see the floor plan still they didn't mm. give to us um we had to run through like an inspection mm. and we put down the deposit on that day <laughs> and we had no idea um how much construction and stuff would cost no it's idea that insane. Kind of is there like um, maintenance and things like oh that? man heaps oh, like, mm, awesome. yeah. i love that that's like a very good example of how when you have your own business and it's a small business and yeah. you don't have a lot of money mm. you are becoming like concrete renovation <laughs> experts we learn how to like um build the curve wall yeah, yeah. We, oh yeah even the psych wall and even floorboards Floorboards, yeah, we even know how to do floorboards now. <laughs> like, surely it must feel so much more fulfilling to be building this together. Yeah. Like, oh, it was... building this place together. I see yeah. you guys paint together mm. as well. Like, uh, we hate painting. <laughs> we hate painting so much. Now. No, don't let me do this. <laughs> uh, um, telling me one day you're going to hate painting. I was like, no, it's fun. There was, um, there was a point in time where, like, once we finished the psych war, 
No, it was in concrete grinding. Was it concrete grinding? Oh my! No, no, we didn't use concrete grinding. We shop no, blaster. The shop blaster for our room. Oh, okay. And we stood outside it because we needed. We were so tired. It was so heavy. Yeah, it's and very heavy. For, for people who've never been handy before, we had to really be on our hands and knees, quite literally, yeah. to do that. Yeah. And it was just so difficult, and we just started crying. She's like, "This is really hard." And then we just looked at each other and started laughing. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it got even more difficult when um, we had one-way clients chasing us up for their videos. Mm-hmm. So we would be here like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then when Paulina's mom starts calling, like, oh, yeah, she's getting in trouble, so she'll go home. Mm-hmm. I'll stay back and edit. Yeah. And, and then next morning, all right, repeat. <laughs> that was because for a solid maybe six to eight months, whenever I came here, I'd be here two or three a.m. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, really late. Yeah. Really late. And then her mom would get so, so pissed. Bad. Um, Cause she knew I wanted to go to China and I wanted to start my own thing. It was, I, I guess I'm going to go to China and start your own business. Yeah. I just wanted, wow. I guess, to see what was out there. I didn't want to be too close minded into what's available in Australia. Wow. And then, um, so she knew, she was really supportive about that. Yeah. Um, but then when I told her, Hey mom, I'm going to put my money into this. She, yeah. she, like, she blamed me. <laughs> oh, Cause she was like, why do you always pursue Simon's dream? And then it, it's so hard oh, to explain that this was, like this, no, this is, um, we started it together. So one way I can understand if it's like, okay, um, she said, yeah, but this one is, um, we joined on board. We both agreed, but then her mom would never see it that way. It's because there's studio involved. So yeah. She's like, so it is. yeah, but if it's yeah. completely different and, um, yeah, she'll, hopefully she'll see the difference. And I was thinking yeah. to my, I was saying to my mom that, you know, it's my choice to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody is responsible for my failures because mm-hmm. I made the decision to do this. And I thought to myself, well, it's fun. We, we had a really good idea about it. And I feel like it's, it means well. This mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. It was very, it was very different at the time. And then um, people that came in the space, they actually went off and did their own thing. That's the same the same concept, but just different area. Yeah. And one of them is actually in we the area. We did our research because when we first came up with the studio slash co-working idea, yeah. we made sure not to be like, oh, we're the first ones when we're not. Yeah. Um, and we actually researched yeah. into it. And we Wait, but did you research after you paid the deposit? Um, just before. Oh, just okay. before. And I was yeah. like, yeah. And it was so crazy because we, we actually didn't know what we were doing because mm-hmm. we're like, hey, what do you want? Okay. Oh, yeah, let's, we want a studio space. We want it in the middle and everyone shares it and all the rooms. We can have like different videographers, photographers, blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's like, that would be mad. And then when we told a friend after like, I think a couple weeks, they were like, hey, that sounds like a co-working space. And we're like, what's that? <laughs> like, and then they're like, it's actually our landlord. Oh, all right, right. And then yeah. we're like, um, uh, like what's that and it's like oh look up we work look up this 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 I and and then we start looking it up like oh that? <laughs> that's a co-working space yeah. and then we're like but do they have a studio and then we start researching oh they don't mm-hmm. and then now some of them do it's so weird mm-hmm. it's just um initially they were studios and then they added desks to make mm-hmm. desks yeah but then um i guess what was different about us is we had offices we didn't mm. market it a lot in the beginning. Yeah. I also think what's different about you guys is you're trying to build a community of yeah. content creators. Mm. Whereas we work is just like it's like a corporate. It's for corporates where anyone comes in. It's very kind of um, like techie and all that. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. I feel when I step in, I feel like a space of creativity. Mm. I feel like this is where I can create, mm. and that's the kind Thank of you. Thank you so much. It's not just a space now because. Mm. It's going to be a community, and that's so rewarding to hear. I love, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love um, just by looking at your website and reading through 
I can see that that's what you stand for. Yeah. And that's mm. a huge point of difference. Yeah. Um, even though there are other studios popping up. Mm. In in the beginning, it was very tough because we had to turn down quite a few people because we just didn't we didn't vibe well with them. We're like, mm-hmm. uh, well, right, like we're like thinking we need to establish a very um, strong vibrant atmosphere. We have to be very clear with what we. Think. Yeah, because uh, so the first few people that come in, it's like people that we like we yeah yeah basically and um yeah thankfully like it it all worked well like there was people from um a lot of people told us you know that's really dumb because you it's a bad money yeah Mm -hmm. losing our money but we're we're like we don't really care too much like we have one way so this is more just building a community having this space that's so cool and meeting different kind of people we had limited capital but we're thinking we can stick oh we yeah we stuck it out we're like we're like "Mm, we need it soon but but like, I think it's more rewarding if we can actually achieve that goal and having we like actually advise some people not. To do yeah, that. yeah, we did. We had this um this girl that she she um bought all this screen printing uh, t shirt oh, printing stuff. She messaged me saying she needed to come in for a talk urgently because she desperately needed a space within the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we've done shirts before, and she just started brand new. Um, and then she needs a space, and her dad came in trying to like haggle with the the price and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we we didn't budge. We knew our price was already yeah. really good for what it was, and especially because we're offering the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she didn't even know that a studio was um, yeah. offer offer. And um, the dad was once he found out about her age, that's when he started pushing a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're like, no. Nah. <laughs> and we even advised, they were like, do you have a garage? Because this is great to start off in a garage. Yeah. And we're like, we've done shirts before. We know it's, um, you know, that's, it gets, you, you don't want like an overhead uh, of like, you know, um, at the time, I think it was like, to to something mm. for the office uh, every week to something and the dad was saying that she he would pay for her first six months mm. and then I was just trying to explain to him look your daughter doesn't need this and he was trying to say that's insane and he yeah. started to say hey um like uh we found a better place in the area blah blah, blah. and at the, uh, and it was really good because I was always on Gumtree always looking at um we knew that. yeah we knew what locations he was yeah. talking about like oh yeah cool that sounds like a really good price maybe you should Why take you that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, we immediately didn't vibe with um, the dad, and he kept saying, "Do you do criminal checks? He was background checks it. on um, the people that are here." We're like, "Why would we?" He's like, "Why wouldn't you?" And then he's like, "I'm very protective of my daughter," and we're like, "This guy's gonna give us a lot of trouble, so let's just not take yeah. this one in." But but I um I, what I find insane is that you just started your business, you're probably struggling to keep finances afloat. Mm. Here's a client that's coming in offering yeah. you money, and you turn them away. We had to. It was, it was just, something that we knew was bound to happen. When yeah. we first signed on to this place, we had a chat about it, yeah. and we were saying that the whole purpose of this place is to promote an idea mm. and to promote a certain community that is very supportive and encouraging and people who want to do this kind of thing. And the last thing we want is for one bit of money to detriment everything. So it's just really not worth it. I'd rather just stick it out for a bit more and just wait. Mm. I think because oh, when we came into it, we we're just thinking, um, are we young? Uh, worst thing that ha- that can happen is we fail. Yeah. And so oh, we can start again. Like we've we've been so broke. We've been so broke. Like, and we had to pay so many people, like like all oh, like our landlord and stuff. So tell me about that. Okay, cool. When you guys was like literally. Oh, okay, so I think the most broke we've ever been was when I think that was kind of the reason why I wanted to jump onto one as well. Okay, so I was working in the bank. I had somewhat a stable income, mm-hmm. and then Simon was just 
always stressed out about people not paying him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that he wasn't getting the jobs. It wasn't that the kids like, weren't paying well. I made, the, I made sure the jobs are done. I did everything like um promptly, did everything right. It's like yeah. there's no way that um on my end anything was like um bad. Yeah. So, yeah, just waiting on them to pay. And cash flow was a big issue. So that's where the 15% deposit came from. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was just knowing how to talk to clients to get them to pay because money is always a touchy topic. And you don't want to bug them too many times about it. Yeah. We had a client who said, oh, I'm going to pay you in installments one month at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's because I'm going on holiday. Oh, my God. And that at that point, I was like, no more. I think he owed like 4000 it wasn't a huge sum. It was just the fact that he wanted to have cash flow during his holiday. Yeah, on his terms. Yeah. So you guys were um, obviously really uh, during that time you were leaving actually you were still at the bank, and then you were having cash flow issues. Mm. That was like the most broke first. But were you living too? Actually, there's been a couple of times. A couple of times that were really mm. broke actually. But we we somehow just come back like or um we'll get some phone calls and someone will, oh, it's so weird like we have this weird luck where um three or more of our clients will call us within the, like those two days or whatever like we have to go through some traumatic experience yeah. and then after that it's like hey these are opportunities it's like you know god like <laughs> are you teaching me something that's like nowadays but back then it was like crap where do we come up with eight grand or like where do we come up with five grand i don't know how we did it it just, it just yeah. happened and then we, like we'd stress out about it a bit and then we just say it's okay don't worry we'll give ourselves a week and we'll come up with eight grand mm. actually wait um so at that time you were both living with you separately separately mm. what was kind of the financial pressure because if you were living you were living out parents. Mm. Mm. You probably had to worry about rent. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. So that was that where the panic was, you know, it's kind of still paying out I'm going to pay rent. Yeah, basically. And my my landlord at the time lived two houses down. Yeah. <clears throat> he was actually so nice and so lenient with me. Um and whenever the real estate agent would want to kick me out, he'll be like, No, let me talk to him, let me see what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just have to let him know a deadline or just let him know. I will transfer like within today. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to come up with this money today. And if I was ever going to supplement it, there's only so much I can supplement because I, it wasn't like a really well-paying job mm. and I had my own expenses. So there were times where both of us would be out, like after paying everything, we'd have like 50 cents. Mm. Oh my God. That's how bad But seriously, like if anyone's struggling with cash flow issues, 50%, that fixed like nearly everything. So yeah, much, it was yeah. so good. <laughs> and yeah, because I would be doing the job, not getting paid until the very end. And the worst thing is when they go, hey, can you change this? Hey, can you change that? So it just delays a few more emails, like back and yeah. forth. And I'm like, damn, this is going to take until next week. And that's if they approve it. Yeah. So that 50% deposit is, is so good. Mm. So during this time when you guys were broken, going through that financial um, hurdle together, was that hard on your relationship? And uh, I think that made it stronger yeah. because we were like suffering together, <laughs> like sharing meals together. I think it's because, um, yeah, we literally would go to places and share meals mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Like we still do that, but I'm not that And we would laugh about it too. We're like, this is, this is funny. <laughs> yeah. And just, uh, I think when you, when you are partnering with someone and well, before you partner with someone, you have to know that you've got each other's back. Yeah. And before you can make that promise, you have to really understand what 
got someone's back means. Like when and um, I feel like we really did have each other's back. When it's all happy and stuff, it's like anyone can have each other's back. Yeah. But when shit hits the fan, yeah. you see who runs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the people who stay are people who stay forever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like just looking into each other's back. Um, <laughs> uh, she has something on her face. Like. Yeah. <laughs> struggling alone it's so tough but when when you're both struggling i think the motivation comes from like i want to i want to fix fix this so we're better yeah. that's like the where the motivation comes from yeah. but then if you're doing it alone it's like oh i feel i feel like shit i feel terrible mm-hmm. um it's a lot harder to get back up i think something that i always stand by is that simon is my boyfriend before my business partner in mm-hmm. day so that just remembering that keeps me grounded and I don't think I've ever had a point in time where I feel like you know stuff Simon like I just I'm just gonna outsource a videographer and just take a gig off him so that he doesn't detriment the business <laughs> because I know that um that whatever you're talking about I only recently experienced I believe the peak of it that I've ever experienced in terms of arguing with Simon and having so many disagreements to a point where we felt like we hated each other and what you meant about the love fading away I can totally understand where you're coming from mm. and it's really not the love fading away it's just being clouded by all these concerns and all the stress you yeah. forget the good things yeah yeah. and um, yeah Simon and I we argued a lot and mm. it's really just about understanding that they're your partner before anything else yeah we even told each other that if worst case scenario gets to the point where it's affecting our relationship like that bad we'll just drop it because yeah. like what, what's the point of having you know a business partner when you don't have like each other anymore it's yeah. just you know we, we, that's our relationship it's such yeah. a waste we built so like we worked so hard built so um like built it up to this point just to have that it's like it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. it takes mm-hmm. a lot of compromise too and i mean mm-hmm. with simon um we'd argue to a point where oh, i'm just saying this so you know the extent how much we argue but mm-hmm. like we're arguing to the point where um we we're just saying the worst things we've ever said to each other, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And it's all because of the stress of having this space. Yeah. And I'm really big on if you're family, we don't argue about money because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this business is not for life, but if you really love someone, that's for life. Mm-hmm. And so when we started arguing and stressing about like how this finance is going to work out or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not about like not having money to supplement it because we had one way, but it's just – this needs to stand on its own two feet, you know. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it was really, really tough. And so I knew that every time I argued with Simon, it would be one week of no productive work. Mm-hmm. So it got to a mm-hmm. point where I felt, because he's uh, the creative, right? Mm-hmm. If his mood is affected, he can't really produce something that's, you know, like a happy, like a happy wedding video. Yeah. When I'm like, <laughs> 
so sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we work differently though. So when I'm really emotional, I just cut it off straight away and I just keep working because it helps me cut the business. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's how I cope with it. But Simon, he really, he has to feel through it first. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that's his way of calming down. My way of coming down is just working. So that's how we're so different. Mm -hmm. So when we argue, it just completely clashes. Mm -hmm. And then I would say to him, look, um, there's going to be one week of no productivity. So I feel like I can never voice my opinion Mm -hmm. because of this fear of upsetting Simon. Mm -hmm. Because if Simon gets upset, we don't get any work done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If if there's um, like a relationship similar to this that people are trying to make it work and arguing and stuff and there's no productivity I think what did work with us is um we had an intern and her having her being there made us um both kind of felt accountable yeah. so even if I felt you know sad and stuff and I can't work I would have to work because yeah. I'm like damn there's someone yeah, in the business now <laughs> we have to you know mm-hmm. like do our job yeah. so I think that's a good workaround to it oh, yeah. awesome. and um, if you're willing to sometimes it's just a little bit of letting go of your pride like I'm a very stubborn person and letting my pride down is very difficult for me and something that I'm still always working on. She'll bring me dinner and stuff and would help me edit. have a massive argument and it helps I'll us. just be like, oh, that asshole, because he's sleeping. Because every time we, after we argue, he goes to bed. Yeah. I get so off. angry. He uses so much <laughs> energy. <laughs> he sleeps it off. And like, here I am thinking like, oh my God, that asshole hasn't eaten food yet. He's going to wake up oh, hungry. And then so I bring him dinner. <laughs> And then he is kind of like flippy as well, like kind of bipolar. He wake up being like, oh, where'd you go? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Where'd that's, that's your signal to drop everything and be nice to me again. That's his way of saying like, hey, I'm happy now. Be yeah, nice yeah. to me. Like apart from not getting work done, has your sort of fights or relationship gone in the way at work or in terms of like the power dynamics or even like making decisions like not my way no I think um, I always listen to Paulina because I, I know she's very logical mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really good with like just feeling feeling things like oh this feels right mm-hmm. so we should do it now and then I'll, I'll act on it immediately yeah. and then she'll be like alright you work on that and I'll work on something else and I'll, I'll think of like what this how this will work yeah. and then we kind of regroup we meet up and then we just kind of discuss like what worked what didn't work we really have um, opinion disagreements though yeah I think we kind of yeah. synced up like I think the best thing really to have is um uh, have your values synced up mm-hmm. and that way it's a lot easier to make decisions together because if you have different values, it's like, it's a lot harder, I reckon. And I think at the core of it, you know how people say it's hard to work with your partner? Yeah. And a lot of people say, mm. don't work with your friends, don't work with family, and don't work with your partner. What's that say? I think we're, the downside is we're too lenient on each other because we're like, oh, he's tired or like, oh, she she hasn't slept yet. So, you know, I won't, I won't bother her about that job that needs to be done now. <laughs> or sometimes she'll... um. She'll know I'm sleeping and she'll take care of my, my end of the work, which is really nice. <laughs> so I think with that, it all boils down to mutual respect. Mm. Because when people say it's hard to work with your partner, they just don't want to damage relationships. Mm. But I personally feel like those damaged relationships come from a lack of understanding, mm. um, unwillingness to compromise, and just lacking respect in somebody else's opinion. It could be totally stupid, yeah. but you don't have to you know be really rude about it and that mutual respect carries through to how you implement things as well and there will be fewer arguments yeah I think so too mm. I was going to say pride because yeah. like I'll have 
you know, we're arguing. I'm like, no, my opinion matters. And then I have to switch it. Like, I'm not boyfriend Simon now. I'm, I'm business partner Simon. I'm like, what I'm saying is really shit. <laughs> like, I, I need to, I need to think logically and go, okay, you know what? Your opinion. Yeah. It, it makes so much more sense. I'm going to, I'm going to back out and you, you take the lead now. And then, yeah, that's, that's how it works. I think, um, what people really fear about working with friends or family is business and when it comes to money, yeah. mm. people's true side comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, that there's a risk of you having to settle that. Yeah. But then the way I think about it is I would love to see their true side. Mm. Like if, if at the end of the day we can fight through all of these, it will just make us stronger and if the ones that want to stay, they'll stay. Because they don't, yeah. they won't. And I think the pros far outweigh the cons of working mm. with the people you love because it, you trust it, you have this level of trust and I feel like for you guys, you don't not only have this business connecting spiritually, you are also having this new level of like it's like, a yeah, like yeah. another layer of it. Huh? It's like mm. I feel like level up and that's why I aspire to it so much mm. to share in a career in a project with my significant yeah. or family. I think you yeah, we have this issue too, but you know when people say um, their opinion matters and they want to go their way because they think it's a better way. Mm. Sometimes that just boils down to also trusting yourself more than trusting other people, mm. and that's totally fine. Like I would, I am kind of like that too. Mm. I guess I trust myself a lot more than I trust other people. Mm. But I trust you a lot as well. Like <laughs> you have to be able to sometimes delegate and sometimes just put Oh, your that's when you're going okay, just gotcha. Put your faith in people. Mm. And not everyone is shit. They might come out with, you know, something that is beyond what you thought they could do. Mm-hmm. And don't underestimate people. Mm-hmm. And I think having that in mind will help you respect other people's opinions a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Which was something that I had to learn the hard way, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like sometimes set down your ego. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that that faith part also yeah. goes into team building and yeah. hiring and um, trusting, not micromanaging every part yeah. of every business owner. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to ask was, you were talking about creative care with like how it's building a community, but we've never actually um, talked about what it means and what it stands for to you guys. So, what does creative care mean to you? You mean, you mean the vision? Yeah, like your vision, your purpose. And so our vision for Creative Care has pretty much always been the same. We wanted to facilitate a welcoming space for creators and small businesses to come together, especially around Sydney because um, it's quite territorial, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. So when when I was starting off, right, I think it kind of, yeah, okay. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, being being in the area, when I started off, everyone was very territorial, not willing to share what they wanted to learn, all that stuff. But fortunately, um, after meeting some really cool-ass people, uh, so I met this guy, Kwa. Um, he taught me how to shoot photography. And I'm like, this guy wants something because he's too nice. And during this time, he was, uh, a lot of people were being um, very friendly to me because they want, you know, free work or they want me to lay some, something like later down the track. And then what he said, it stuck with me like throughout all these years. And this was like 2000 and I think 12 or 13. I can't remember. But he was like, oh, I just... He's like, oh, good. I just want to help you out because I wish there was someone like me teaching, like the old me, yeah. like uh, photography and yeah. cutting the corners and learning like fast tracking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I was like, oh, that's awesome. So it's kind of like the pay it forward mentality. And 
so that was one 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 dude and the other dude is um his name is ben so first time meeting him um and we started chatting and i was like hey uh, yeah i have a shoot tomorrow he's like, oh cool cool and then i said i just wish i had this lens he's like, oh i have it here do you um do you want to borrow it i'm like i just met you you're gonna lend me like a two thousand yeah. dollar lens and said no it's all good like just take care of it and i was like wow there's like other shooters that are nice so that's when i started to lend lend my gear to other people but obviously i you know don't choose uh, the bad guys and i don't know where this is going <laughs> Oh, right. So, um, it, like, so I had that kind of comparison with, um, these people that they shoot heaps in the city, um, and then people like shooting in the area. And I think they're just, they're just scared because, like, they're starting off something, um, and they don't want anyone to, like, kind of, um, take over and all that stuff. They're not too sure. But once, yeah. But once they meet someone that's, you know, really nice and friendly, it just changes so much. So we were hoping to like open the space and, you know, have our arms wide open. It's like, Hey, yeah, we'll share our knowledge as well. If, um, if you need and, um, and hopefully like more people come in here. It breaks down the barrier, um, for people wanting to start out creative work or a small business as well. Yeah. We actually had a couple of small business owners come in to see offices and because they felt like other businesses here would judge them. They didn't choose to continue. I honestly feel like it's an Asian thing. Yeah, it's a pride thing. Yeah, because of how our parents brought us up and all that stuff. And we just want to try our best to eliminate that kind of vibe, Mm -hmm. basically, Yeah. in this space. And so everyone who we've had in here or people who we um, try to associate cave with have always been very positive people and have always been people who are very keen to support other rising creatives. And the way we think about it is we're all going to meet each other eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully this just speeds things up yeah, yeah. and we can actually meet face-to-face instead of like, oh, Instagram, I like you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's such a different vibe when you meet people in real life. Cause, um, we want to take it out of the digital and make it more real. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you want to collab, it's like, hey, yeah, you're free next week. And, yeah. Yeah. Even I feel like for um, your one, for one way and for the way you run business, like that you establish your business and like you said, you, how you do it, it's very based on building relationships. Oh, hell yeah. Like grassroots, not through yeah. like, not just like DMing or mm. like, like digital marketing. I feel yeah. like you guys are very like guerrilla kind of marketing mm. in terms of going out there and meeting people and building relationships. Yeah. Because I feel like uh, uh, when well, when we start recruiting shooters, um, I just, it's usually during events. Like I like seeing how they work because like events are the ones where uh, it's, it's so much pressure like you have to have your settings right and there's so many things happening happening you need to know like where your position uh where you're meant to be at certain times and then i'll be like hey this person is always at the right spot yeah and then i'll just like look over your shoulder every now and then and i'll be hey um what's your contact and then i'll like we'll get them for one of our jobs and then it's like okay cool this guy's good and and then we'll also i think the biggest thing for us is work ethic like being on time um being willing to like get those shots that um, some some people are too lazy to get. Yeah. yeah. So we work with quite hardworking yeah, people. people we would recommend. Yeah. That's why we want to meet people face-to-face because mm-hmm. you don't see work ethic through Instagram, mm-hmm. you know? Like you, you just don't – you don't even know that any people are paying like paying yeah. people to do that. That's why a lot of times I, um, I ask them, hey, do you shoot weddings? Not because I'm – like I want them to shoot weddings, but I just want to see if they're really comfortable, you know, all rounded. Because I think weddings, you have to kind of be a really good all rounder. Like in the morning, you you're like a 
um, product photographer yeah. uh, slash portrait photographer. Yeah, yeah. Then ceremony, you're like event photographer. Yeah, mm. And then um, location, you're um, like an editorial. They're doing editorials and portraits again and dealing with groups. Yeah. So that's very difficult, like posing groups. Yeah. And then at reception, you have to learn Flash. It's like, you, sh- you need to know everything. Yeah. So what would you, what would you advise for people who just don't really know what they're passionate about? They're like, oh, I don't know what I like. Um, in terms of like the creative side or? Just anything like that. Oh, I'm not really good at anything. I don't know what I like. And, and another thing that um, I'm going to just rip off from, <laughs> what was that guy's name? He, um, he was having an interview with... Um, uh, fun for Louis. Fun for Louis. He said something about it's it's so much easier to steer a uh, a moving ship than one that's not moving. Something like that. And I was like, that's so true. Like keep keep moving, keep doing something, yeah. um, keep trying new things. And if you really don't know what to do, yeah, take Casey Neistat's advice. Just yeah. do something you hate. Yeah. <laughs> and you get paid for it too. <laughs> yeah. I totally relate to that. I worked in retail for three years, mm. and during my first few years of me and that really like my hatred for that job mm. made me convict myself and say I just want I don't want to ever feel this way again I don't want to ever dread coming into work counting down the minutes mm. literally I would look at the time and then well, just waiting for the time mm. to go by yeah I just remember saying to myself yeah. you need to get out of here like whatever it is as long as you don't hate it this much it was like fuel and motivation like yeah. building up yeah yeah have you guys ever done like a job that you hate? I think we've done many jobs. Um, I guess for us, when we did those jobs, we found that there was a lot to learn from it. And true. when you hate it, you realize what you don't want to do as well as what you're good at. Yeah. Oh, no. This is one that we didn't hate. This is the one job that we didn't hate um, too much, but mainly working like corporate where there's um, there's a big team. So there's the actual director there. There's a marketing director. There's um, um, digital strategy. Like someone like this is a big team, right? And everyone has their own opinion. Like there's too many cooks. Um, is that chefs in the kitchen? Mm. Cooks in the kitchen? Yes. Chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. And it makes things very difficult on our end. We're just producing the video. Yeah. But they'll come in with different changes and all that stuff. And um, we're going back and forth with the director. We're going back and forth with the marketing. Like they're not communicating well. So we found an app that kind of helps so much. Like so from that experience, we found something so amazing. It's called Whipster. Like W I. W-I-P-S-T-E-R. Any video um, out there, get on. Yeah, Whipster is so good because you upload your video and um, you, it's basically um, that screen, all of the email, uh, all the people that are involved can see it. They can point at, um, they can make dot points and um, like in the video and go, hey, take this notepad out. Hey, take this napkin out. Um, and all the notes will be there. So it's like, oh, um, say James already said that. I'm not yeah. going to say it in, anymore. Yeah. And um, that'll be, you know, version one. And everyone knows that this is version one. And then it'll be like, all right, cool. Everyone's seen it. Everyone put their feedback in. We're going to do version two now. So do version two and then send it off and any other changes. It's like, okay, cool. Now we know that all of them are fixed and all the changes will be like tick, 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 yeah, tick. Yeah, yeah. Instead of going, hey, did you change that? Hey, I can't find this version. Yeah. Hey, can you resend that video? It's like everything's in one place. It's much more streamlined. Yeah. yeah. That's not not sponsored by the way, but, <laughs> it's, just but it's so good. It's yeah, it's grateful. Um, maybe not like 
um, small small businesses, but more when you're working with corporate clients and they have a team and there's yeah, just so many people that you have to work with. Mm-hmm. Oh, even then, if there are small businesses, that oh, it does help. Yeah, really for people that are very particular with what they want. Yeah. So I was going to ask you guys, uh, what advice you would give yourselves if you could travel back in time to like say nine years ago before starting a business? Mm, you wanna? Um, I would say know your capabilities, limits, and most importantly, understand what helps you recharge Mm. because you can work yourself to the core and if you don't know how to recharge, that's all you have to give. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can recharge, it's it's not only helping you, but it's helping your business partner as well. So I would say um, meet meet more photographers and videographers. And um, <laughs> be be open and uh, be open to learning and sharing. Uh, don't feel too threatened, and don't think too much about like about what gear your friends have and stuff like that. Because it's not like it's so cliche, but it's it's how you use it that that matters. Mm-hmm. Like someone that has um, the most professional gear doesn't mean that they're the professional, like professional, and know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Like I was using a sixty D. Which is like a really I don't know if you know like it's a very it's an old camera it's like before seventy D yeah. and I just milked that camera heaps until I had to upgrade to um another camera yeah. and yeah I used that for like four or five years and no one really noticed because in good lighting and then it's all the same mm-hmm. on that I wanted to say uh, because I think there was one question that touched on um, knowing worth mm-hmm. and I just want to talk a little bit about not comparing yourself to other creatives yeah that's mm. <laughs> in this age of Instagram like it's, it's hard bad it's yeah. so hard to yeah. not compare I think Simon had a good example for this um, I might let it just is this the um, nightclub guy because I think you have a good example okay so when I was shooting I was, I was 18 at the time and there was this guy who was 40 and he was bragging about um, he had like you know he made everyone move outside uh, of the cafe to, uh, to sit in the outside area so he can watch his car because he's like oh, I have $15,000 worth of gear in my my trunk and stuff like that yeah I just made a video da, da, da. and then he didn't know that actually I've seen his videos yeah and and um, I was actually going to be doing um, videos for that club and replacing him oh. and <laughs> And then, and then he gave me a little talk about like, oh, you know, it's good. Uh, kind of like, like a little pat on my shoulder, like, oh yeah, you're doing good. Like, you know, oh, um, you get some experiences, <laughs> get some experience and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. There was this weird fire in me that was like, I, I know I can do videos that are so much better. And it's insane that like I'm using something that's like 600 bucks or five, 800 bucks. And he's using, you know, like $15,000. Yeah. I'm like, dude, if I had that, your gear, it would be... Like what? What are the possibilities? <laughs> so yeah, I think it's very important. Just you know, know your know your gear. Um, don't worry about um what other people are using. Like you'll get there eventually. You just you know, they might not, might not even know how to use it. Mm. Yeah. And I want to say, people are very hard on themselves when it comes to comparing small businesses and um, creative work. Mm. And I just want to say, don't be so hard on yourself. And that does, definitely doesn't mean you know slack off. Mm. But I just mean don't shy away from starting something because there is someone already doing well mm. or someone who you deem is better or the best at that time. Mm. That shouldn't stop you from starting and trying to do your best. Mm. Um, I guess to me, no matter where you go, what you do, there are going to be people who are negative about whatever you're doing. Mm. And just feel free to channel that as motivation to do better. But at the same time, I feel be realistic with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think 
that's my opinion anyway. If you want to work with a partner or work with a team, all that success of doing that comes from knowing yourself. And think about, you know, what are your strengths? Why do clients come back? Do they like your service? Are you easy to work with? Is the quality amazing or are you super affordable? Like there's nothing wrong with being a super affordable guy. You just have to be able to acknowledge that. Mm. And And own it. Yeah, own it, man. Like if you're going to be really cheap and you're going to up your game later, have just different categories of packages that you offer to different clients. Mm. There's not a problem with that. And so what's making them come back? Focus and hone in on your strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to be able, or that's what's going to help you be able to expand. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what if I ask Simon, what if the client never comes back? Like, what if the problem is, oh, shit, Lena, I'm doing all these things, but I have no returning clients. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Like, what if I say there's no returning clients? Then, oh, okay. So I think, <laughs> I think they're not doing enough. Yeah. They're not getting out there enough. So if it's not, um, if it's not the client's issue, the product's not issue, then is it something you're doing that's mm-hmm. not enough? Are you not putting yourself mm-hmm. out there enough? I think um, one of the biggest things for us is people, um, our clients like working with us. We make their job very easy. We ex- we take our time to explain things to them. So they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Like, I'm so, you know, happy that you told me that or asked me certain questions. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people, they might go, oh yeah, it's just this much. Because if you yeah. show someone that you care about their project and something yeah. that they care about, it just what goes around. Comes sometimes around. we even um, sometimes we even recommend another idea that's completely different to what they yeah. wanted, and we're like, I think this one might be suitable for what you're trying to do. Like, yeah. you want to increase sales? Okay, this one might be more worthwhile. We even let them and know if like the project is not financially realistic for them. Yeah, we sometimes might even offer like a cheaper um, video. That's like, I don't think this, you, you need this yet. Maybe a bit like down the track. Right now, I think you just need a base base one, like a 60 second um, video explaining what you do. And then you can milk that out for either ads. You can do that for websites. Like we just explain what you can use it for. And it's like, oh my God, I can use this one video for the X amount of time. No and then- No one would ever expect you to recommend yeah, cheaper. Like- yeah, because um, that is so ethical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the fact that you're turning that girl away as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think you guys are so- Hung in on your values of ethics, mm. really genuinely recommending what you believe they need. Yeah. People feel that though. I feel like nowadays anyone's yeah. into bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think even though during this social media time, people can identify who you are yeah. I think one of the things that pisses us off so much is when, when we see people put like digital strategists or like consultants or whatever for... It's not hard it's, if you're listening to find out whether or not that person can actually do their job. Ask them for stats. Ask them for charts. Like honestly, it's just um, they produce videos and they know a bit about Facebook marketing. Mm. That's it. But sometimes they don't even know Facebook marketing <laughs> and they promote because we did have we did meet someone that they... Um, they started complaining because she needed to show the client results, like show them numbers, which is completely makes sense to us. Yeah. And she's like, they're unbelievable. Like, don't they believe in me? I'm like, well, they will believe you if you show the stats and how much views and how much leads you're getting through or yeah. why are they paying for you? So I'm not going to drop a name, but I actually did have a social media strategist come in and she wasn't going to do her job anymore and asked why, if, if your business was going really well, what's happening? Mm-hmm. She said... Well, nowadays, clients are getting smarter and they know their terms and they want results. And if that's the reason why you're turning clients away, doesn't that mean you were just conning people in the beginning? Yeah, that's what we... 
Yes. We never mark ourselves as like strategists or whatever. We just do the production and we work with your uh, marketing team. Like your marketing team has ideas. We'll do the videos and sometimes we might suggest some stuff. This person is actually like a, you know, known speaker as well. So for somebody to have so much knowledge, so many followers, so much recognition and do so little, you can kind of see. She said that. Yeah. Exactly. And she had to ask her mentor, well, I can't give them results now. What do I do? You know, this kind of thing, you get temporary fame, you get temporary recognition, but that doesn't last. And I think that's what Simon and I were writing down in regards to being realistic as well. And um, for people just starting out, don't think that you're going to be raping in tens of thousands in the first couple of months. You're going to have times where you barely have any money. So think about, you know, Focus more on building relationships in the long game and really gauging which clients will either pay for bigger jobs later, even though their jobs are small now, or are able to maybe introduce you to bigger clients who will pay that later. And that also pays off. The other thing is thinking about capital. So I think every time Sam and I wanted to start something, we made sure we had some sort of funds built up first. And think about how you really planned ahead for the rainy days or are you just thinking the gigs will cover off the afterpay debt that you just used to buy like a 15k (laughs) batch of camera gear, you know. Um, I'm not, like people do do that. And this is another reason why um, if managing this side of work isn't your forte, get someone on board that can commit to it, you know. Like like what we do. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not saying this in a way where, um, you know, we're super experts in running businesses, but these are exact issues that we had. And it's easy fix, it. like very yeah. easy fix. Yeah. And we wish that someone had just said, hey, you know, mm. oh, and whoever says to you, this is not a one night stand and this is... Um, oh, this will give you great exposure. This will give you exposure. Um, this is a relationship, not a business. Don't work with them. They're lying to you. <laughs> These are real lines that were said to us. Oh Someone actually said to us. We had to not try so hard to not laugh in their face. So like, okay. Like, <laughs> Simon, this is not a one night stand. He wanted a, I think it was a $500 at that time, um, piece of work for $50. Oh my God. And he was like, but this is going to be long term. Happens a lot. Yeah. So if, um, People who are listening want to know more about you guys. Where can they find you? I feel like you have so much to offer in terms of teaching people about all of your experiences. So where can they find you? All right. So for Instagram, it's Creative Cave AU, and for One Way, it's One Way Weddings with an S. To One Way Studio. Yeah, or One Way Studio. One Way Studio, and our podcast is going to be on YouTube. It's um Creators Lounge. And it's going to be tricky to find um, our channel, I think, because we just started it like a couple months back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. If you made it this far, please know I am eternally grateful and hope you've walked away having learned something valuable. You can find snippets and highlights of the show and also follow along with my personal journey as a lost millennial over at Instagram at theunemployedgraduate underscore or Facebook at theunemployedgraduate as well as detailed show notes and links over at my website www.theunemployedgraduate.com.au. I'll catch you in the next one.